Welcome back to another episode of Bevo's Balls, a podcast where two avid Longhorn fans talk about UT sports from baseball, from football to baseball and everything in between. I'm your host, Thomas, and as always, joining me is James. How are you doing today, man? What's up, Tommy? I'm doing good, man. Um, we're kind of, uh, you know, it's uh, we're in that weird time of the year where we don't got a lot going on. You know, some basketball kind of spotty here and there, but you know, football, baseball's almost here. We just had our first taste of it this weekend with the alumni game, but I mean, there's enough stuff going on to keep us, you know, interested. National Signing Day just passed. Uh, released yeah, we our... just got the, that safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, I'm surprised. You know, usually don't see a lot of late action uh, like this. I mean, you're kind of used to, you know, National Signing Day or early signing day being done. A majority of the kids. And then, you know, second National Signing Day. But, yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot more kids, I think, with these NIL deals taking time to work out and all that, um, kind of signing a little bit later. Like, you know, I know Deuce Robinson uh, is kind of one of the guys on our radar. I think we're kind of third place with that one. But he's a kid who has a legit MLB future in baseball, and he's been kind of holding off for the draft and NIL. So, you know, when you talk about football, baseball, there aren't a lot of schools like Texas that can, you know, you can excel at both and, be a you know with the Longhorn Network and all that and be a major face so anyway I think this uh seeing kids take longer and longer to commit with NIL and all that is going to be something we probably need to get used to yeah I think you'll you might have some kids that are going to hold out or some flips like we had today with the kid flipping from TCU to us you know did you see his uh video no I didn't yeah so he walked in the gym had the TC Letterman on, look TCU letter, you know, TCU Letterman on, <clears throat> goes to the stage, you know, t- thanks, you know, his mom, his dad, family, friends, whatever, and he goes and he picks up, he's about to pick up the TCU hat, and then from out of nowhere, really, from the angle I saw, some dude like throws a bag at him, and it's a, it's a, he opens it up and pulls out a UT hat, throws it on, and rips the jacket off, and a UT polo underneath. Ultimate troll, troll draw by him. But, uh, um, it was great. You know, another four-star safety. Um, someone that, you know, Catalan could probably train him for a year and he can take, come in and take that spot. Yeah. So, What's, what I think is great about um, Sark's recruiting is, yeah, he's, they've been great recruiters. But, you know, Charlie was a great recruiter. Herman was a great recruiter. But they didn't recruit positions of need like Sark does. Um, you know, we, I feel like we just kind of took the best athletes at those positions. A lot of time it was, you know, receivers and running backs and things like that. Um, you know, s- safeties and whatever, but Sark, man, like, you know, we really needed help in at linebacker. What did he do? Go land the top linebacker in the country, uh, flip him from A&M. And I got um, like three other good, uh, three more good ones. He yeah. Settle yeah. That one guy. He got, For sure. He got depth. Yeah. Uh, last year, you know, we really, really needed a focus on offensive line. We went and pulled probably one of the greatest offensive line halls ever. This year, defensive line, you know, we got more defensive linemen, some big bodies. Uh, you know, uh, we needed help at linebacker, address that. Um, cornerback and safety, we went and took a, you know, 
former All-American safety from Arkansas to come in and help and play immediately. Uh, another transfer from West Virginia. I mean, Wake Forest, I'm sorry. Uh, All-conference guy to come in and play immediately. So it's, you know, we're not just grasping the straws. There's, you know, strategic. There's a plan there. So, you know, hopefully it all comes together. And looking at the schedule this year, the or the schedule for next year, I, you know, at first I was kind of uh, on the fence about it. But, you know, the more and more I look at it, man, it's a pretty favorable schedule. I and mean, we get our bye week, you know, after Oklahoma, perfect timing before we kind of go through what I would consider probably the gauntlet of the schedule. Yeah, you pretty much you pretty much get a, a first half of the season, the second half of the season way the buy shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like so, people don't really know um, what the schedule is. I'll just run through it real quick. It's we have home against Rice, away against Bama, home against Wyoming, away Baylor, home KU. Then we go to Dallas for Oklahoma. Then our off week, away at Houston, home and home against Baylor and Kansas uh, Kansas State. The back-to-back road games with TCU and Iowa State and home versus Tech. So, kind of just looking at the schedule, like, I don't. Where, where do you think you see our first loss at? If I had to guess, probably week two against Alabama. Um, you, you know, think I, so? I mean, I'm, I'm hope. I think I'm a lot more hopeful than last year. We returned what ten starters on offense and a bunch on defense. However, it's still Bama and they're at home. They don't lose a lot of games at home. I'm sure if you pulled up the track their last 10 years and look at all their losses, most of them have been on the road. Look at how they performed on the road this year versus how they performed at home. Um, I'm not saying we're going to lose. If I had to guess, I would probably say Bama. If not, then um, man, I, I could see us. Yeah. Late late October, maybe, you know, BYU just always had our number. It's one of those games where, to me, it's just kind of like a coin flip. It's to, it's like playing TCU to me. Whenever we play TCU, I just kind of go into it like, man, I don't care what the record is. I don't care what the point spread is. It's going to be a toss-up in my eyes, and we'll just see our place. But, yeah, you know, TCU, Kansas State, one of those one of those two. It's a pretty favorable. The thing that sticks out to me the most is we really don't have t- true back-to-back road games. Until, you know, TCU, Iowa State. But even TCU is still in Texas. Like, yeah. we don't go out of the state. Oh, no. we, that's my second point. I was going to say is we don't even leave the state of Texas until, God, November? Well, we, we leave. So we go to Bama, and then we oh, don't leave yeah, Texas yeah. until Iowa State. Yeah. That's so, insane. Yeah. I, yeah thought that's, the, I thought the Big 12 was going to shaft us and make us go to – BYU to West Virginia, you know, some of those uh, to Cincinnati, some of those crappier road games. But, you know, next year's schedule will be a little bit different. You know, we'll have to we'll have a lot more uh, road games travel since, you know, we they kind of announced we will be leaving the conference until the 2025 Which is, year. I still don't believe it. I believe it when it happens, but we know, we'll know where we're going to be for next year. Yeah. And I just so yeah, like for, to me, look at the schedule. The way, the way Bama played without Bryce Young, and like and Gibbs is going to be gone. Like Gibbs is the guy that killed us last year. Yeah. You know? It wasn't even Bryce Young. Like Bryce Young, yeah, he made his plays and his throws, but like 
that wasn't until the very last drive, and we still had a chance to win that game at the end. So, I I don't I, honestly I don't look at anybody. I think uh, the home game versus Kansas State is going to be tough. You know, I think they're bringing back uh, Howard. Um, and then TCU, I think it's going to be tough, too, just because um, I know I don't think Duggan's coming back, but Duggan wasn't even going to be the initial starter. Like, he lost out to, to Morris. Mm-hmm. So, as this Morris kid is better, I don't like it's, it's hard to say, like, someone's better than Duggan. I think Duggan – Max Duggan had a lot of good abilities. He's a good thrower, good runner, but the biggest thing was his like his drive and his determination to win. He was kind of like a poor man Sam Ellinger, if you ask me. Like he couldn't, you know, like you can't teach that, and some kids don't have that drive to win like that. So we'll see. But you know, to me, it's all the way down to like the Kansas TCU game. I know KU is gonna be a, a tough game at home, and they're gonna have their offensive back but like if this if, if we can get the run game going i know we're losing Dijon and he's great and all but this is going to be the year that I, this is going to be the year of the o-line and making big run big holes for these far backs yeah that's you know so, it, little did we know that our offensive line was playing with such injuries last year you know we had two guys immediately into surgery as soon as the bowl game was over uh, one of those guys will have back for spring practice. One will take a little bit longer to come back. But like you said, the o- next year should be the year of the O-line. But they they definitely need to take that step. You know, yeah. they were they were good, but Bijan and Roshan make you look great. Uh, yeah. You know, they they take average offensive line, I mean, offensive line, and make them take that next step. And we're not going to have a guy. I mean, maybe we will, but. Uh, you know, to have a guy like Bijan, where you, you're never going to get him down on the, for, with the first guy. Uh, the offensive line is going to have to create these holes and take the next step, and that's who I'm going to be looking at the most this offseason to take that. Keep my eyes yeah. on the closest. The, to me, well, so to me is you can't have – our backs can't be making the first guy miss in the backfield anymore. Bijan was great at that. He could do that all day long. But now it's going to be Kaylee's – let this guy get to the line of scrimmage and find a hole and get through, mm-hmm. and then let him make a make a man miss in the hole or out, you know, in the secondary. But yeah, we need a uh, when you get the the running backs making people miss in the backfield isn't going to be as predominant as it was with Bijan because Bijan was just a special cat. Like I know Baxter comes, uh, Cedric Baxter's coming back, coming in, and I know he's going to be special. I feel like he, he'll be a good player, but like. It's hard to like. He, he, I don't know if he'll have to fit the uh, quick moves as Bijan, but he he his his talent might be more of a Jamal Charles ta- Jamal Charles talent. Then once he's in the field, he's gone. Yeah. And not really breaking the tackles, but I don't know. We have I haven't seen him play, so we'll see. But yeah. We got Brooks and Blue and Keelan Robinson all back, and so we'll see. Yeah. You, you, you definitely don't uh, replace a Bijan, but by committee, we can uh, replace him. And, you know, thinking back to, you know, God's type and watching, we've always found something or someone to kind of step up and fill that role. Uh, there have been some, you know, dark years where you couldn't really run the ball and you're trying to find that guy. But for the most part, you know, when 
Cedric Benson leaves. Yeah, Jamal Charles comes, and then you know there's always going to be a guy step up. But hopefully, hopefully this year, you know, the running backs get some help by the wide receivers and the tight ends and Quinn Ewers' natural progression that he'll take that most people do. You know, he was even though he's been in college for two years, he was still a true freshman in my eyes this past year. And um, I'm sure, you know, with Arch bound campus, he's going to push him to be better and to get better in the, you know, in the film room and go through his progressions and all that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, same thing with um, with Malik Murphy and Charles Wright. I hopefully they all push each other. And um, the amount of talent we have at wide receiver next year is going to be dumb. It's going to be insane. So, you know, we have Whittington back. Jonte Cook's coming in, Xavier Worthy, which, you know, we'll see no, how yeah. that goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nair, uh, especially he'll be going back to, or having his old team come to town. Uh, yeah. yeah, who? and then all the young guys like, you know, Casey Kane and uh, Savion Red and guys like that. So Thompson. Yeah, it's Brady, yeah, Brandon Thompson. Uh, so we're loaded. And then, you know, Keelan Robinson, too, depending on how, you know, how they decide to use him. Uh, like we talked about with the bowl game, you know, I kind of think they took the wrong approach with him. They kind of started the game off with him as like a feature back when he's, to me, he's not really a feature back. He's more of that little jackknife, like a DeJay Johnson or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, we have nothing but good problems right now. There's no glaring weakness that we, you know, really, really have. Um, The offensive line is back in like total, like every single one of them. Uh, I can't remember the last time we've ever had that. Uh, no turnover at that position. Uh, you know, receivers were good. Quarterbacks, well, you know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's the question mark. Uh, defensive line, we got some big – we got, uh, you know, T-Sweat coming back, which is huge. Uh, Him and yes. Collins. Did you see that picture? Uh, I was on Twitter. It's like the, the UT – football put out you know back to work and there's a guy so they someone screenshot but this guy he's like he's doing a he's doing a ladder but you look behind him and you see sweat and collins and they look massive not massively like out of shape like massive ads these boys look like they're they're sec d linemen mm-hmm. massive, i mean so. i know that's and then that, if you if i had to pick one guy on this football team not named quinn Ewers, that has the most pressure on him to step up it's Alfred Collins to me, like five star, yeah. you know, uh, all that. Like, yeah, he hasn't, but outside of a Baylor game and one bowl game, he hasn't really done much. And uh, to me, he's the number one guy that needs to step up. If he can step up and him and T Sweat can just wreak havoc, like Coburn and Sweat did this year, mm-hmm. and Moro Mojo, like, dude. We're good. Um, and then the only other position I think that has a question mark on the defense is the edge. Um, just because, you know, who's going to step up? It's going to be someone new. It's going to be some young guys. Sorrell and Frank, uh, Frank, yeah. frankly, mm-hmm. like the two guys that come to mind real easily. Yeah, definitely it's, Sorrell. It's going to oh, be yeah. the linebackers outside of Ford. Like, who's going to be that second guy? Is, yeah. it gonna, like, is Hill going to show up and be that guy that we all see tape of? Or is it one of these other guys that would come in and um, play better? But who knows? Like, you know, see what – so let's see. Houston – so Houston's 
spread. And BYU is a Baylor, Baylor kind of semi like Baylor. So that's that's actually not bad. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see Baylor will get us ready for BYU because they run the same kind of offensive schemes. Um, they're I, I believe like the BYU kid or BYU OC went to Baylor, and that's how they that's how they're similar. Mm-hmm. So, but. You know, OU, OU's going to be a different story next year. Uh, I don't think we're going to beat them, beat them 49 to 0, but I still think we're going to, I think we'll, we'll beat them. Um, yeah, that's the one I was going to say is, you know, you never know with Oklahoma. I don't care how bad they are, how good we are. It's yeah. it's always throw the records out the, out the window and just play the game. And, you know, last year was surprising. And, yeah, I, I think we can both, I, I think we'll both live and die without ever seeing that happen again. And you know they're not going to have any kind of a. They're passing not going. They, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not going to have any passing game, and they're not going to need any any kind of motivation for this game. They're going to have it all. Like I would just play our game against them last year on loop in the in the yeah. locker room, and just you know they, there's talent there, but I, I think uh, I mean it's too early to really call this, but. Uh, it doesn't seem like Brett Venables is going to be like a Lincoln Riley or even a Bob Stoops. Um, so, you know, he's going to have to build his own team and figure out what works for them because it's not going to be his plug-and-play, dynamic, you know, number one scoring offense in the country every single year with them. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, so football, you know, we're still a long, 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 long ways. They're doing winter conditioning right now. Spring ball will be here in a little while. But let's get so let's move on to what the sport that's in session right now is basketball. Um, so you know they had so that we're um, so last night you know they lost to Kansas, but you know Kansas like they lost 88 to 80. As a, they had they had a you know Kansas blue lead, we came back, got close, but then they end up Kansas is able, able to hold off and win at the end. Kansas is number eight in the country. We were sitting at five, you know like. Texas, Which, like the Big Twelve, like because like we played Baylor, we beat Baylor by five, and then the, before we played Kansas, we were or Kansas, we were at Kansas State, which we beat them by three, and they were number seven while we were number eleven. So we're just gonna be, flip, I think, the whole Big Twelve, the top of the Big Twelve basketball team is just gonna keep flipping spots mm-hmm. until the very end. Um, it's you know, Carr Carr put up twenty one last night. <laughs> You know, not before the before that night, he was averaging 16, 16 and a half points. It probably bumped up to at least 17, 17 and a half now. And you know, Rice coming off the bench with eleven. Um, the only thing I just don't understand is how do we get these top five guys like Mitchell, but he just doesn't seem to be in the game. Yeah, he seems very like lost at times. You know. Uh, not like he doesn't like he knows what he's doing, but yeah, to me it's just you know it's what well, it's a freshman thing, but he it, it just doesn't seem like he's meshed well with the team. I I just think they trust the older guys more, and so you know with like Bishop he had a great against the Kansas State game and the Kansas State game, you know Bishop had a great defensive series. He had a a block, which a block which we thought we had and. The ball ended up getting right back to Kansas State. Then he had a behind. Uh, he kind of have a, he had a steal, 
that set up the foul, uh, the free throws to, you know, pretty much win the game or seal the game. So, yeah, like, Bishop doesn't start. I think Bishop comes in for Mitchell. But I just think this coaching staff right now, they don't trust them. They don't trust the young guys. They kind of want to go older. Because we have, like, the team is literally probably, like, 26 years old. Yeah. Like, the average age of this team. Um, you know, you got Carr, Timmy Allen, Dusun, Bishop, Rice. Uh, all those guys are old and, you know, experienced winners. So I think this when it, when it comes to crunch time, I think that staff kind of relies on them a little bit. But um, what do you what do you think of, you know, uh, Tooney just keeping the job for next year? Man, I, I, you know, if they can make it to the, like, shit, the Sweet 16 – Something like that, in my eyes, I'm all for it. I think he stepped up. I think the players are playing for him. He's kept us in every single game for the most part. Like, we haven't gone and just, you know, shit to bed and got our ass kicked. Uh, There's been, I think, our play on the road has been, um, we need to have better first halves. However, I mean, you you couldn't ask for more from him. The only thing I question is how good of a recruiter is he? Because, you know, uh, Shaka and Chris Beard were ace recruiters. Um, and in basketball, you know, you, you got to be, especially when some of these guys are pretty much rental players where they're going to come in for a year and then they're gone. Yeah. What, what do you think? I think he's kind of coaches, you know, coaches way into the lead. I think, you know, depending on how the um, whole tournament goes, I think the tournament is going to be a big factor. Um, but I think he's definitely in the lead to keep the to keep the job. Like, why not? Like, the team seems to like him. Um, they're playing for him. Uh, he he, uh, like recruiter. Yes, he probably needs to see how good his recruiter is. But and you can hire a couple guys to be your recruiters, mm-hmm. and just to be the head guy that kind of like kind of can seal the deal a little bit. But I just uh, this team is definitely they're fun to watch which is surprising to say. Usually Texas games aren't really that fun to watch. Um, you know, usually they're like 50 to 55, but, you know, mm-hmm. it seems a little more high school in the 80s. Um, the, I think having the Moody Center has definitely changed a little bit, changed the team a little bit. Or the um, watching it on TV, I think you can see the fans are really engaged, everything like that. So that's, you know, I think that's really helped. Um, but it's, you know, we play Saturday at 11 o'clock against uh, West Virginia. Um, that's, you know, they're, they're eighth. In the, see, they're eighth in the Big 12 with a 14-9 record. Like, the Big 12 is just crazy in basketball. And then, you know, next year we're going to be adding Houston, who's what? Like the number two, number three Number right one, now. number two, number three. Yeah, they've, they've been a team that's been number one at some point this year. Yeah, and Cincinnati, who I think beat Houston. So, like, you know, we're definitely going to be adding some teams next year to a, big, a pretty powerful basketball school. Uh, just real quick, my biggest surprise at this basketball team is, man, since as far as I can remember, since the early 2000s, it, I don't know, maybe not under Rick Barnes as much, but definitely under Shaka. There was, like, we'd start off really hot, and there'd be a time where the season just kind of completely fell apart. We'd lose, like, yeah. two or three games, but, like, shit. And, uh 
you know, once we kind of got that top 10 ranking, it's like, okay, guys, it's time to implode. And, you know, yeah. we'd, be, we'd be backpedaling into the into, co- into the conference tournament, backpedaling into uh, into the, the March Madness tourney, and then, you know, we'd play our first round and say, late, say bye. And yeah. this, this year, it's been more consistent. We're like, you know, it, four losses, like, you know, and everything has been close. We haven't had any, like, WTF moments. I mean that's that's great to me. I take five losses and it's every five games. You know that's yeah. that's awesome. Um, and then also you know Coach Terry, I'm sure he has his own style of basketball, his own coaching, his own offense, things he wants to do if he was the head coach. And he's just kind of taking over what Chris Beard has done and trying to run it. I'm sure to the best of his ability, rather than just you know scrap yeah. everything and start over. So, you know, uh, how could how much better could this team be with the whole offseason playing his type of basketball? So, I mean, I'm all for it. My thing is, you know, who else who else is out there that you're going to get? You're going to go kind of, you know, money whip Calipari for a couple of years or, you know, what else, who else is out there that you could go get realistically and bring in? I mean, Beard was the chosen one. He was the guy. He was perfect. He was alumni, one of the hottest names great recruiter young but i mean shit in one hand wishing the other man like it's not there anymore so uh anyway but even you know so far i'm super happy with uh this basketball team like like you said the moody center is a great home home court advantage um but what i fit next week what is february 13th oh thank thank god it's not valentine's day we play tech tech is terrible have you seen some of their home crowds um, it's like empty, dude. Like, like ghosts. If we sell, if we sell out that stadium when we come to town, I think it speaks more to how much they hate us versus how much they love themselves. Yeah. I, it's been. I mean, like, I'm talking about 20% capacity in some of these games. Really bad. So. <laughs> I, you know, you know, it's gonna be sold out. They're gonna be, they're gonna be there just to harp on. Uh, so even Beard's not there. They're gonna still probably bring his ass up and like make like have chance about him. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, you know they, you know there's nothing. To, hey, I'm surprised they don't have people there. But there's nothing else there to do in Lubbock besides go to a Tech game and hate hate on Texas. So yeah. Um. So let's let's move on to the new sport that's coming up. You know we just had the alumni game in baseball. Um, which ended in a tie, four-four tie. What did what did you take away from the game? Pitching, pitching, man. For for the most part, you know, pitching was pretty solid, dude. You didn't really, you had, you know, Lucas Gordon's. I don't want to say struggled a little bit. You know, pitched three innings, gave him five hits, uh, three runs, all three of them are earned. He had two walks, uh, but you know, he's been shut down most of the fall. He hasn't been throwing a lot in like the scrimmages. Um, so this is him shaking off the rust. So I kind of take that at face value, but guys like, you know, Morehouse went out there, he pitched four innings, two hits, you know, one run, it was earned and one walk, you know, last year, I think our bullpen started spinning its wheels when they couldn't find the strike zone. They started yeah. walking guys, they'd get, a, you know, walk a guy, walk two guys, base it turns into runs. And, you know, that was the bullpen's biggest, biggest, biggest issue. And, you know, we didn't see a whole lot of walks. Uh, 
the alumni guys, you know, they did. Charlie Early had two walks in three innings. Uh, Andre Duplantier had one in two. Uh, LeBaron Johnson pitched three innings. He had uh, three walks, but I also saw him at, was at the bottom of the top of the ninth. He he got into a little bit of a jam and he pitched his way out of it. He had two runners on, no outs, was able to come back and you know get a strikeout, ground out, and then uh, I think a pop up and uh, and get out of it. So that was you know you know my biggest thing. Bats were fairly quiet. Uh, you know Jalen Flores, he had a, a good little rip. Uh, who else? Jack O'Dowd looked good at the plate. He had two hits and five at-bats. Jared Thomas uh, had two hits at four at-bats. So I think this team is going to be pretty gritty, man. We got to replace like 105 home runs, I think, from last year. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, shout-out to Coach Pierce. He went and signed a great freshman class. Um, he got some, you know, some solid uh, – Transfers like you know guys like a guy like Porter Brown who's been around for a while. Um, yeah, it was kind of a snoozer ended in a four-four tie. I hate seeing that, but you know towards the end of the middle innings, the alumni kind of worked themselves out of the game, and it was pretty much you know Texas on Texas action. Uh, Duke Ellis hit a shot. Who do I can't remember who he went yard off, but he hit like a bomb, two-run bomb. Um, but yeah, it's always fun to see those guys come to town. And see, see, you know, Silas and uh, Douglas Hodo and Ivan was there. Uh, who else? Ty Madden, Tres Barrera, Michael Cantu, and uh, most of the guys, dude, were all Pierce guys, which is kind of cool to see. Like a lot yeah. of the older guys have kind of, you know, worked themselves out, and uh, you know, seeing Pierce guys back in the dish is fun. I wanted to try to go, but uh, it was my girlfriend's birthday, and I didn't think she wanted to spend that her birthday at the dish. So I, I kind of I laid some hints down, but you know it didn't really uh, get too far. But you know the season's coming uh, starts the seventeenth. Yeah, or yeah, seventeenth. Yeah, we're you know what is that like a week and a half away, ten days. Yeah. Uh, and it's gonna start with the bang. You know we're going to Arlington. Where last last time we were there was that big freeze series you know we hadn't touched a baseball in eight days they were you know long tossing in the snow i'm surprised they even made the trip to get there like made the flight to get there but you know we'll start off against arkansas missouri and vanderbilt uh friday saturday sunday action 7 3 and 10 30 in the morning uh yeah some familiar faces we're going to be seeing in the sec in the next couple of years so um what are you most interested in seeing with this baseball team this upcoming year? Well, I guess it's it's the it's the, the pitching make a change. The pitching change. Did firing our the pitching coach really make a change with these guys? Because um, like the, like like last year last year's team was just built was was supposed to be special and often often side of it was special. But the the pitching staff was just abysmal. Like, if you, you know, I know you said it last time. It was like, if you took the last two College World Series teams and you put that pitching with this last year's hitting, that team probably goes undefeated. And, um, you know, my biggest, my thing is, you know, does Tanner Witt come back at all for us to get, to, get to see it later in the second half? 
so they uh, interviewed Tanner uh, during like one and a half innings or something, and he said that he just finished his one of his his throwing uh, his throwing programs. So he's been long tossing, and he said this week he started throwing off the mound to try to get that uh, conditioning back up, find a strike zone. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I just I know even that I'm gonna be the pessimist in this thing where. I saw what Andre Duplantier looked like in 2020 and how he looked last year when he a year removed from that surgery, a full year. Um, and it still took him a while to get used to it. So uh, Tanner Witt, you know, he's special, but I'm not going to rely on him to to be – I definitely not going to rely on him to be a starter. If anything, yeah. you know, he's going to have to come in and do the role he played as a freshman and just kind of maybe hopefully close out some games and uh, yeah. whatever. But anyway, to, yeah, sorry to mean to cut you off there. Uh, that's good information. Um, but yeah, like it's gonna be. I think this year's gonna rely on hitting or on pitching. And then let's see if we can get some hitting hitting going. You know, we got Kennedy and Campbell. I think what Kennedy and Campbell should be at least one and two, and then Daly. Mm-hmm. Um, Porter Brown in there too. I think it should be Kennedy, Campbell, and Daly at nine. So you can flip the order back around because if Daly can get back to his freshman year hitting, you know that's a perfect 9-1-2 setup to going into our hopefully power bats which i i do we have power bats i don't we don't we lost more (laughs) yeah i definitely don't think we have like a melinda's messenger or you know shout out to the murph dog like the most underappreciated longhorn of all time in my opinion like no one's talking about he was an he was an all-american caliber player all year long too um yeah, I think you're going to have to find it in some of these young guys. You know, Jared Thomas is a guy with uh, some major pop on his bat. Dylan Campbell was going to have to step up and be that guy. Yeah. He had 10, 10 home runs last year, so we know he can. Um, and that's you know, what's Jay- not starting every game either. Yeah, yeah, the, you know, the first half. Well, he didn't start until Kennedy went down. Um, you know, Peyton Powell is going to be like a DH um, you know, kind of guy maybe catch sometimes. Uh, you know, he has some power. Jalen Flores is you know are gonna be our probably starting third baseman, true freshman, but you know he was like a top five, like round. Uh, you know, he was a first round talent. Just kind of priced himself out of the draft to come to college. Um, looking at the rest of the team, yeah, I think it's unreal. To me, it's unrealistic to. Um, even try to replace 105 home runs, man. If you can replace 50 of those home runs, great. That's awesome. That's, you know, I think our record was 86, something like that before last year. Uh, what you're going to need is you're going to need the pitching to step up. And instead of some of these seven to five games, you know, they're going to have to be, you know, three to one, uh, you know, four two kind of games where you only need one home run a game or something like that. Uh, and, yeah. You know, luckily we got a guy, you know, on Friday, we, we know our Friday night starter. Uh, you know, who else comes behind him is beyond me. Like I said, Zane Morehouse looked amazing at times last year. And then sometimes we'll look at the Big 12 championship game against was it Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, he looked amazing. And, you know, he was lights out, nails. And then all of a sudden it's like he forgot how to pitch. And lights went off. And it was over. Yeah. Um, Duplantier in 2020, the short season, 
looked like a dog, you know, last towards or you know towards UCL. Didn't look the same last year, but you know he's one of those guys where we're gonna rely on heavily. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna. There's a lot of questions to be answered, man. I think they have us picked fourth in the Big Twelve this year. Oh, surprising. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be uh, fun. You know, TCU's loaded. Um, Oklahoma is gonna be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, who else? Tech is probably the leader and all that. Oklahoma State. There's a ton of guys that are gonna get, go to the draft and you know be looked at. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a dog fight for every in every single game. And you know that's the best that's the most we can hope for. I've seen worse teams than this make the uh, college World Series, but um, I need to look at the how is the so we start conference play the 24th with Tech at home, which it's been a while since we've had them at home. Which I'm gonna try to make that series. Uh, A&M. Um, in College Station on the 28th. I already have tickets for that one. We'll be in College Station. Uh, we'll go to at Oklahoma State, which is, thank God, because I went to that game last year and it was miserable. Uh, that's going to be our real test, like a, a really, really good test going to those guys' house. Um, I think we lost – we haven't beat them in two years. When Ty Madden was there, he won the first game. I think we dropped the next two. No. Yeah, I don't remember. I had to go back and look. Kansas State, who was really bad at baseball last year, but they played their best ball against us and beat yeah. the brakes off of us. Uh, Baylor, you know, I don't think they're a very good baseball team right now. Oklahoma, you know, just finished in the College World Series finals. Uh, got a lot of, you know, a good freshman class coming in. Um they had a lot taken from the draft, but they also have a lot coming back. TCU is always TCU. Kansas, yeah, they're Kansas. And then West Virginia to, at the back end, which they're going to be a sticky team, if you ask me. And then we have a, a weird San Jose series thrown in the end of May. That's to make up for Iowa State not having a baseball team. But, yeah, I think it's just going to kind of be, you know, play and see. I know uh, Tulo, from people I've talked to, Tulo Whiskey's actually really, really been around the bats a lot, um, which is surprising to me because I thought that was kind of just, you know, PR talk saying he's going to be around the team and still help out, and he, but he really has. So hopefully some of these bats take that next step. So, so yeah, baseball we have, uh, we have a couple, we have a week and a half till we get to Arlington, but that, you know, let's let's not take away the whole season from that. You know, it's first three games. You know, mm-hmm. we can see what we got. Let's you know, let's not get too crazy there. But on, but um, so this this Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. So I thought yeah. it'd be cool if we did a little. If we each had our own list of top five foods for Super Bowl Sunday. I can go, I'll go first with mine, and then I'll let you finish off with yours. Okay. Um, so for mine, it's mine is chips, buffalo dip, cheese dip, cake pops, and then most likely it's going to be uh, a brisket. I, I will. This year, not so well. My daughter's birthday is on is the eleventh. And so she, her birthday is gonna start interfering with Super Bowl Sundays. <laughs> so, but um, 
usually I'll throw on either rack, like three or four racks of ribs and have people come over, or I'll throw on a brisket and just have sandwiches and stuff. But that's usually those are our top five foods that yeah that we have to have at ours. Ooh, that's a solid list. Can you say it one more time? You said brisket, chips, brisket. You know, brisket chips. You know, the buffalo chicken dip and your cheese dip, and then cake pops. Okay. I've never, I mean, I think I've had cake pops like once in my life. It was like it's Starbucks, but that's, that's an interesting one. Uh, to me, I'm going to have to go with the cheese ball. Number one, okay. not number one for me, but it's on my list. Cheese ball with crackers, um, ribs for sure. I think ribs are a must, you know, just that perfect little, go grab a rib, eat it real quick, snack on it. Um, I'm doing a brisket. Brisket is all, we have a big family, uh, and uh, we have a ton of people that come over, so it's one of those things where it's really easy to feed a lot of people with. Ooh, so I got three. Um, it, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a block of cream cheese with this like raspberry chipotle oh, like, sauce over it, dude. That's yeah. I can yeah. eat that whole thing just by myself. And then, um, man, I'm probably gonna say. Just some regular old chips and queso, man. Like, you know, you can't beat it. Um, That is, that's my, that's, yeah, that's my go-to right there. Uh, We're not a big pizza uh, pizza family or anything like that on uh, Super Bowl, but I do like wings as well because it's kind of, I I don't want to sit and eat and be full. I want to snack, you know, just grab a little bit here or there. So uh, wings, or a go-to for me. I just, uh, I'm pretty particular about my wings. Uh, a couple of years ago, we tried to order from Buffalo and they like screwed the order up, took forever. Just, I get it right. It's busy. Everyone ordering Super Bowl, but it's just such a hassle to make wings good at home. I like yeah. mine really crispy. Um, you got to sit there in the little mini air fryer. We have an air fryer oven, but it just doesn't cook the same as a mini one. But if I had to pick a sixth thing, it would be wings. Yeah. I think that's why I think why I go with the Buffalo, the Buffalo chicken dip. It's like mm-hmm. you get your buffalo with your chicken. It's semi weenie, like you semi wings type, and so um, kind of get it from there. But yeah, like definitely not ordering from a new place. Like that's gonna take forever, you know. So it's definitely I'm picking everything, getting everything prepared on Friday and Saturday. Let me ask you. So Sunday what? Morning. What day do you do your uh, your Super Bowl shopping? Because I know that's kind of Thursday. Uh, Thursday, yeah, I'm probably gonna do my. Oh, Thursday, my stepson pitches, so I might go Friday early, like before work. Yeah. Actually, I, you know, well, I'm gonna go tomorrow. Let's say Tuesday, we're recording on Tuesday. I'm gonna go Wednesday and start looking at the briskets, trying to find the right one. Um, that thing can, you know, I can put keep that in the fridge pretty well. But everything else, definitely, you know, like a Friday morning, I'll go knock out. So I can, you know, there's big UFC fights uh, on on Saturday. <clears throat> it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's been a while since we've had some, you know, big time fights. So uh, Islam and Volkanovski are fighting. So, you know, um, I'm kind of going through my dry January, February thing. So I think I might end it a little bit early and have a couple drinks, but not get too drunk. But you know, uh, Saturday night I'll probably throw that brisket on about. I don't know, one, two in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. So, what have you what are you, what have you been watching to get past Saturday's 
Oof, man. Or this football is over, pretty much. So, uh, the one series I just finished, I uh, kind of recommend for everybody, is called Hunters on Amazon Prime. It's like Al Pacino. It's a uh, Jordan Peele uh, directed, written. Uh, he's a great writer. Has Al Pacino. Um, uh, Percy, I can't remember his name. He plays Percy Jackson. It's okay. an amazing show, dude. It's a two se- two seasons. Um, just finished that. Been waiting for that for a long time. Uh, started watching Euphoria. It's my stepdaughter made me watch it. It was pretty cool. Not really my cup of tea, but it was still a good show. And then um, on weekends, so luckily for me, we have NAIA baseball. Is we have a baseball player in the family, so my weekends have been taken up for with baseball, going to be, watching baseball games. They have doubleheaders on Friday and Saturday, so has been a whole bunch of TV. Playoff football kept me going, um, and then uh, f- first 48. I think first 48 in our house is always on. <laughs> yeah, like anytime you you turn on the TV, it's pretty much on there. So. Those are the kind of couple things that keep me going. However, this Friday, I will start Last of Us. I wanted to let a couple of episodes go by before I started. And then um, what coming in hot in a couple weeks is uh, The Mandalorian, right? Is it March 1st to start? Somewhere yeah, during that week. So, yeah, I'll be definitely – that one I won't wait. I'll be watching the minute it comes on. Yeah, so uh, you said The Last of Us. I've been watching that. It's one of the – it was a great show. Um, Did you play the I, game? No, I, I never played the game. Yeah, neither have I. But it's, you know, Peter Pascal is pretty much killing everything he does right now. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I just, you know, been watching that. And then um, been watching, I watched Wakanda Forever the other night when it came on uh, Disney+. Plus. So that was a good movie. I liked it. I was really interested in seeing how they were going to do the whole, um, I know, no more Black Panther, but I think they did a pretty good job with it. I think I was, uh, you know, I keep up with the Marvel stuff pretty intensely, and uh, Ryan Coogler talked about before this was going to be Black Panther blipping, having the child. He was gone for all those years. Uh, She finds someone else, gets married raising the kid he comes back and that would have been the dynamic of that movie like the son not knowing his dad was king t'challa and all that stuff but i mean they kind of flipped it i, I liked it um what next yeah. week is the next weekend is ant-man and uh quantum mania so i'll definitely be i have a wedding uh that weekend i'm in a wedding so uh friday is that thursday i have to drive to houston to pick up my tux friday's rehearsal dinner Saturday's a wedding, so I'm, I'm looking at going black, dark on Twitter, not trying to see any spoilers, and then going on Sunday hungover to watch yeah. Quantumania. But, um, yeah, I think and there's another movie I want to try to watch this weekend. We go to the movies a lot. It's uh, Knock at the Cabin, an M. Oh, Night, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan movie. It has uh, Dave Bautista and uh, – yeah, I've, I mean, I've read the reviews weren't great, but it's still one of those ones that seems like I want to kind of – just check it out for myself still. Yeah. So let's uh, move on to our last segment here. Um, our last tower questions. I got, I got three questions, 20, two baseball, one basketball. Um, so my first one is Gordon will win 15 games this year. Lucas Gordon? Yeah. 
I'm not going to like 15 games. I'm not going to like the tower on that one. I think even Ty Madden barely won like 10. Um, I'm going to go under or take the under on that one. I think he'll be good and I think he'll be solid, but I don't think we're going to have the offense to kind of hold on to leads and, uh, you know, some of these closer games, if it's like a 2-0 game and, you know, yeah. you give up a bomb. So I think, you know, hopefully, hopefully we do, but <clears throat> I'm not, I'm going to, I don't like the tower on that one. Nothing against Lucas, man. I'm one of your biggest fans, but that's kind of tough. 15, yeah, I thought 15 sounded high, but I was just going to go with it. Yeah. Um, Campbell will have 14 plus home runs. Like the tower. I'm going to, I think Dylan Campbell will lead the team in home runs. He has big league pop on his bat for sure. And he went through a terrible spill at the beginning of the season last year. and then, Or he didn't he didn't start. And then when he did start, he could hit the ball. And then he just kind of came on late. I mean, there wasn't a better player from, you know, late April. To, yeah. From late April to the College World Series, man, you'd be hard-pressed to find a hotter bat. Maybe Skylar Messenger. Uh, but, yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely expect him to have – more than 15 home 15 or more than 14 home runs i'm gonna right. go more than 14 less than 20 okay and then the basketball team will make the elite eight Oof, it's a tough one a lot of uh a lot of march Madness is about matchups man like i think last year's team could have been so good but just drawing was it purdue right in the first round yeah. it's just that was a tough matchup just um I'm going to go Sweet 16. I think Sweet 16 is I'm happy with. Okay. All right. Well, that's all I got. Okay. Um, light the tower that you think Texas baseball will finish ahead of the fourth place pick that they've been taking. They, the people uh, haven't picked up. No, I think that I think that sounds about right. Um. Like the tower, if you think Texas will win at least two games in this upcoming series in Arlington, it's Arkansas, Missouri, and who else? Vandy. Uh, Vanderbilt, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go two. I'll take two. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I think I think they'll I lose think to Arkansas and be Vandy uh, and Mizzou. I, I I agree. I think it's those two too. Um, my last one. Uh, is you think like the tower? If Texas will finish the regular season atop of the Big Twelve standings of basketball, I think we're still there right now. I think we're done with all the hard games. Like I think we have West Virginia, and Oklahoma again. See, I can tell you right Kansas now. Kansas again. So we have um, West Virginia at home. Tech on the road, Oklahoma at home, Iowa State at home, at Baylor, at TCU, Kansas at home. Yeah, I think I think we I think we probably maybe lose two more games the rest of the year. Let's in the it's all play. I agree. I think we spank West Virginia, spank Tech. Oklahoma is always a tough one. Uh, Iowa State, I think we'll avenge that loss at home. Spank Baylor. TCU is always a tough one too. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the towers one that one. Yeah. And uh, 
Let me think if I got a wild one. Um, let's see how. So who you? Uh, who? What's your Super Bowl predictions? See what you got. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Chiefs by Chiefs by four. Chiefs by four. Yeah, I'll take. Uh, man, this is tough. I haven't really even thought about this. Uh, my best, my best friend's an Eagles fan, so give me Eagles by touchdown, by a field goal. Sorry. Go Philly by a field goal. It's just hard to root for Jalen Hurts, man. I hate that dude so much. And both yeah. both quarterbacks are dinged up. So, so one more thing. Um, how do you feel? It was it was a big thing on Twitter, and we didn't really get to talk about it about the Joseph side play because I think. At first, people were kind of bashing him, but I feel like the right side of Twitter came out and people kind of saw that, man, I'll take that play. It, yeah, it's unfortunate that it's uh, it was to go to the Super Bowl and you never want the the refs to kind of decide a game for you, but that's a hustle play, man. Like, how many times do you see Patrick Mahomes, or, you know, run off, stop, throw the ball backwards with his left hand and for a touchdown or some shit like, or, or, you know, kind of slip up upfield and, you know, break a little 20, 30 yard run. Um, he's one of those guys where you have to play the whistle. That was to me, that wasn't like a, a play with malice. It was a hustle play yeah. as a football player, man. You take that every single time. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think, um, you know, the people going after OSI don't really understand. I don't get it. Like, I think, and then, I, like, it, Mahomes did a certain acting job. Let's not get, let's not act like Mahomes got, literally got pushed, like, destroyed on that play. Like, he got pushed, okay, whatever. But, you know, sometimes you're like, it's, like, it's going to be the last play of the game almost. And you got to realize, like, he, like Mahomes isn't going to do anything stupid, but then he does. Sometimes you just, He'll stop. He'll, he'll just stop right there and then chuck it downfield to somebody and, and get a touchdown. Like you never know what's going to happen with him because he's such a creative player and such a just backyard football player. Sometimes, um, you know, that I saw a video of one of the other linebackers going out and you know cursing and blaming Osai, but then we found a play where he allowed Pacheco to get by on a on a fourth and ten, and on a fourth and ten for it on the drive to extend the extend the drive and stuff. So like, it's not all on one play. For sure, it's a big play, but it's not all like it's not all on one play. And then, you know, it's just it sucks to the OSI. Oh, he had such a great game. Yeah, yeah game his career, man. Like he was just killing. And then I thought he just tore everything when he did yep. it too. So. Yeah, it's it's never one guy's fault, man. You know, Burrow threw three picks or whatever it was, and you know, everyone like there's a lot of things that puts you to be in that position to lose that ball game, and I just hate seeing referees being the the ultimate, you know, have the ultimate say in that game or to put that. I mean, the kicker still has to make that kick, right? So, yeah. um, also, how do you feel about the uh, NFL potentially uh, banning the hip hip drop tackle? Like where they kind of how else are you gonna tackle people these days? Yeah, I don't know. They don't want you to tackle straight up and make any kind of contact with the helmets. And I mean, like a hip, like how is a hip drop tackle bad? Like I don't know. And Tony, uh, what's his name? Or uh, 
Joe's running back's name. Uh, you're the Cowboys fan, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, the other one. Um, Pollard? Pollard, yeah. Like, it ended Pollard's, you know, season, but uh, I don't know. I, the NFL might as well just I, play flag football, dude. Like, it's it's ridiculous it's, it's with some yeah. of these things. But, I mean, that's all, all right, I got, well, I think uh, I think that's it. We, uh, we have we'll have a big announcement for next episode, um, for sure. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, everybody will be listening. Um, we have some exciting news coming along. Um, you'll follow us at balls underscore Bevo on Twitter, um, and I think everybody will like like this new announcement that we have. Um, so yeah, we'll just stay stay in t- or stay in touch for next week. And we'll talk to you all then. Hook them, guys.